I walked into a room and kind of had the breath knocked out of me. I, I've never been in the military, surprise. <laughs> I've never been in battle, but I think I understand what it means to enter hostile territory. And that day, it felt like hostile territory. Did you see her? She just rolled her eyes at you. I, I think she did. Did you see him? He, he shrugged his shoulders when you walked in. I mean, I, I think he did. So I immediately took a detour into the bathroom. And there I was standing at the bathroom counter alone, thankfully. And I felt the tears begin to come. I felt the lightheadedness that comes for me when I'm stressed. And then the anger. I was so mad that I was in this place. And then the lies just poured in. They hate you. They don't want you here. You don't, you don't belong here. And I listened. And then I started down wrong thought patterns that were old habits in my life. And then the enemy said, doesn't the scripture say, do to others what you would have them do to you? Well, look what they're doing to you. So you just, you just give them right back what they're giving you. They don't deserve your love. If they're giving you hate, you just give hate right back. And in two minutes, I had fully accepted the lie and already began forming decisions based on that lie that I accepted as truth. But throughout this series, I have learned and I was able to recognize in that moment that that was a battle. And it wasn't a battle with those people in the other room. This was a battle for my soul with the enemy of my soul. And I didn't know what to do. I did the only thing I knew to do, and that was say, Jesus, I need help. And he's so good and kind, he was right there. And Holy Spirit brought me back to his word. And he said, it is written, love your neighbor like you love yourself. It's written, if you say you love me who you can't see, but you hate your brother or sister who you're looking at, you're a liar. My word says, Loving me includes loving people. It's got to be both. But he also said, it's written, you are my beloved. You're mine. It is written that I am near to the brokenhearted. It is written that when you're kicked in the gut, I'm right there. And I will help you catch your breath. And he did. And when I walked out of that bathroom, nothing had changed. 
Nothing had changed that I could see. But everything had changed. Because I walked out of that bathroom, beloved. I walked out of that bathroom, not believing the lie, but instead speaking the word of God, speaking truth into the situation. And I believe that everything about the rest of my time in that room was different. Not because anyone else changed, but because I had changed. And that's my story. Check out Spencer and Wendy's story. has felt like it was directed right at me because Wendy, for a while now, has been doing a great job of reading her Bible daily and praying and, you know, doing the devotionals. And she's been nudging me and encouraging me to do the same. And I honestly haven't, whether it's because I'm just too tired from the everyday life or what, but those are just excuses. But then, you know, Victor got up on stage and said, it's time to engage. And that added with what Wendy's been saying. And even the lesson that we heard at the kids' children's camp this year, whenever uh, the message was putting on the armor of God. You know, you have all of these different people and sources telling you the same thing. That little nudge becomes more like a push and you realize, hey, uh, you know, maybe I need to take this to heart and actually engage. Uh, you know, I've, I've usually been able to skate by with just giving the bare minimum. Uh, whether it be at work or at school or at church. And this message of standing up and taking action uh, has really hit me. Resonated with you. Yeah. And I felt that, you know, it's time to engage. And I've been trying. I'm still not as good at uh, staying in the word daily as Wendy is, but uh, I feel like we're taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it's all about discipline. That's one thing that I would say I have not always been the best at when it comes to staying in my Bible um, and in prayer. Um, is it, Discipline's hard to, to be consistent with something like that. I try to give um, God my first my first fruit in the morning um, and sit down and get my Bible. And uh, it's made such a difference to do it in the morning, before my day begins, before everything starts. Um, to, and, and, and this whole this whole series on um, engaging in spiritual spiritual warfare, um, I remember Victor getting up there the first Sunday that he started the series, and he made a, he said, I know I'm stepping on a lot of toes or I'm making a lot of people uncomfortable. And I was down there like, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that like, he's talking about this. I've, I've never really heard a, like a series or a sermon on it. I, I remember Jared saying it. 
the devil, we, we look at him like a caricature, like he's not a real, like he's not real. Like we think he's this funny little cartoon character, you know, like, a, like he's harmless, and he is not. He, um, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, that's scary to me. And, um, and so for me, how I, um, you know, we were talking about lies. What does, it lie, you know, what lies does the enemy tell you? What does he tell you? And um, one of the biggest ones for me was, um, I have a couple, that God does not care about uh, my problem um, and that uh, I'm not qualified. That on Sunday morning, I should not be up there worshiping because I'm not the best Christian or, you know. And um, even when I feel like I'm doing all the things right, he will tell me that I'm not. And, sorry, gosh, I hate doing this. I knew I was going to do this. I knew I was going to cry. Anyways, so, um, but that really gets to me. And uh, as soon as that thought pops in my mind, I rebuke it. I rebuke it. And I remind myself that I'm loved and I'm a child of God. Um, Anyway, so, (laughs) uh, but um, also another thing, a big thing that, you know, really struck me is that we were not, I wanted to model that for my children. My children need to learn right now what it is like and how to fight Satan to go, you know, um, what spiritual warfare is and that he is all around us and that he is always, um, he wants to, he wants to take that, that relationship that I have with God. He wants me to go stagnant. He wants me to skip that one, you know, getting my Bible one morning, he wants me to skip that. And then that turns into two, it turns into three. Um, and then I get so disconnected, and um, that's again where I said you know, discipline comes in, and sitting down, and staying in that, not letting the enemy tell me, "Oh wait, you're too busy today to do that. You have other things you need to be doing." I don't. I can take 30 minutes to an hour out of my day to sit down and to stay in the Word because that's how I defeat the lies. Because to me, the Word is the truth, and in order to defeat the lies, I have to stay in my Bible. I have to stay consistent in prayer, that one-on-one, just me and God talking. Um, Anyways, it just, I love it, and I think it's because um, I do have that really tight relationship with God, and, um, and I haven't always, that hasn't always been the case. I'm human, and I have not always been, you know, a first-class Christian, you know, and, um, but I, um, I look at God as my father, as my friend, and I have that relationship with him right now, and this um, series has really just strengthened that, because even though I knew what spiritual warfare was, and I thought that I was really, really engaging in that, it made me realize there's so many other things that involve that. It, it's, 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 it's a lot of um, it's praying in your Bible, it's uh, saying in your Bible, it's um, coming to church on Sundays. Don't underestimate that. Uh, staying in small group, surrounding yourself with people who um, who will lift you up and you know encourage you. And anyway, so I feel like I'm babbling now, but <laughs> going on and on. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where I've been. You know, what my thoughts kind of on this whole series. I've just loved it. I've loved every minute of it, Absolutely. and and. I really hope that other people have gotten as much out of it as we have. Um.
This morning is all about stories. It's all about stories of engaging in the war for our souls. And so we've heard a couple, we're going to hear many more. But it's not just a spectator event this morning. We're all going to participate and we're going to get into the story ourselves. And we are going to take some time this morning to engage. So how many of you have your envelope that says engagement strategy? If you have it, wave it at me. Let me see. All right, very, very good. You want to have that out, and you want to have something to write with because we're going to do some interaction. If you do not have an envelope, I have some students here who are ready to serve you. Just lift up your hand, and they'll come around. Also, we have pens in the back. If you don't have something to write with and you would like, I'll have some students come and can help you out. We'll just take a moment here and make sure that everyone has one. This is... Do you ever watch uh, Mission Impossible, you know, back in the day? This is your secret mission, should you choose to accept it. Don't worry, it's not going to blow up in smoke in your hands. This is how we're going to engage in the fight for our soul this morning. So, many are still passing us out. Wave your hand if you need an envelope. Raise your hand if you need a pen, and we will help you out. All right, so you can go ahead and open up your engagement strategy envelope. And you'll notice the first page says, it's time to engage. And on that very uh, first card, you can see what has been the, the thesis sentence of our entire series. And we just want to take a moment and review this with you. You should see this on the card. It's underneath, and it has in a big tan box. It says this, Satan who is a very real enemy, you guys. Satan constantly whispers lies. Remember, Jesus said he's the father of lies and the truth is not in him. This is what Satan does. He tells us lies. So he's constantly whispering lies to me that back up what I think I need. Do you remember that our flesh... Our sinful nature, the scripture says, it wars against what God wants us to do. And so inside of us, there's this pull, right? My flesh and what my desires want, what I think I need, that seems to line up with the lies that the enemy is telling me. And, and to add more complication to it, that has become the norm in the neighborhood. The world and its system of thinking, our culture around us, just says that everything my sinful nature wants, all the lies that the enemy is telling me, is just what everybody should do. Can I hear an amen? That's what happens. So this is Satan's strategy. He's constantly whispering lies to us, and they're backing up what our flesh wants and what is being normalized by the world. And so... We engage like this in the area of engaging the devil. We engage against the lies of Satan by learning the truth. And we do that through silence and solitude and through scripture and living the word. So if you take that card and turn it over, we're going to come to our very first exercise this morning. This is working on the practices that we use to engage the lies of the enemy. So if you want to think about it this way, what we're about to do is we're about to do some spiritual warfare 
okay, against Satan and his lies. So here's what I want you to do. Take this card that has all the blue rectangles on it and just lay it out there in front of you. And then I want, I want you just to take a huge deep breath right now. Everybody relax. Take a deep breath. And we're just going to open up our hearts to the leading of the Lord in a, in a season of prayer. Lord, we're just taking this moment. We're calming our heart and our minds and our bodies in your presence. We know that your presence is genuinely here with us. And so in your presence, Lord, we want to rest. We want to practice a moment of silence with you. And we want to let you speak into our lives. So come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. Here's how this exercise is going to work. You have in front of you and up on the screen 11 common lies that the enemy whispers into your brain. As we sit for a moment in silence, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if one of these lies has found its way into your life. You're going to just sit there in silence and ask God, Lord, do I believe any of these lies? And then if, if, if in listening to the Holy Spirit, you perceive that, yeah, this one's gotten into me a little bit, gotten into my thinking, it's, it's part of my mental map, then I want you to just take your pen and circle that box, circle that lie. Then we'll conclude by praying the scripture that is associated to defeat that lie. And also perhaps as you are praying, the Holy Spirit brings up other lies that aren't written on these 11 common lies. Maybe they're just specifically to you. And you hear the Lord uh, saying that to you, then maybe you just jot that down somewhere on that card. Maybe, maybe the lie that he's whispering to you is not there but he's going to reveal it. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Just write it down. And then we'll take a moment and pray together and do some war. We'll do some war mentally and spiritually over what the way that we're thinking. So I'm going to be quiet. We're going to take just a couple of minutes here. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Are there lies that you are believing? Let him identify that in your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking into our hearts, to our minds in this moment. As you are understanding where you are believing a lie, just want you to practice exactly what Jesus did when he was tempted of the devil. You're going to pray, it is written, and then just quote the portion of the scripture that's kind of listed there in that box. So I'll just give you an example. If this is the lie that you've believed, I, I'm never going to be healed. I'm not, I'm not seen by God. He doesn't care. He's not listening. Then in this moment when we pray, you say, it is written by his stripes, I am healed. And you just refute that lie in your thinking. So I'm going to ask you, 
if you have identified a lie and you know how you're going to pray, I just want to encourage you to stand up where you are, all across the room. You're ready to do this. Come on, stand up. Take that card in your hand. And then in, the, in just the tiniest whispered prayer, maybe you don't even have to say it very much out loud, but just whisper this prayer. Say, I believed this, but it is written. And then just say the scripture. I give you a moment to do that where you are. Come on, participate. Get involved in the war. I have believed this lie, but it is written. I believe this lie for too long, but the scripture says it is written. I have believed that I don't matter, that I'm not important, that I'm not seen, but it is written, I am God's treasured possession. I stand on that truth. No longer to think that I'm rejected or not worthy or not important, but I'm valued and important to God because the scripture says it is written, I am God's treasured possession. You just pray your prayer right now, right there where you are. You're battling the lies of the enemy when you quote the word of God. Just say it. It is written, this lie has no hold on me any longer in the name of Jesus. I stand on his word and I don't think that way any longer. I let the word determine how I think. I let the scriptures and the word of God tell me how to think. I reprogram my mind, Lord, to your word, not to the lies that the enemy wants to whisper to me. Just give you another few seconds to pray. It's written. It is written. It is written. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would take what is starting and what is continuing in many of our lives in this moment and that you would help us to continue to fight daily by resting in silence with you, being still and knowing that you're God and applying the scripture to our minds and to our thinking and to our behaviors in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you'd like. Thank you for participating in this response. I'm excited to share with you some more stories, so check it out. So I didn't know that was going to move me as the way it did, so let me try to get through this. So can we just celebrate for a minute? Do y'all mind celebrating with me just for a minute? Um, and I promise no spouse or children were scarred in the making of this testimony, um, but have y'all ever heard the song, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag? Okay. Well, the other day, I was having like a little praise break, thank you Jesus moment, and I realized I was singing, Mama's got a brand new map. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. I appreciate you. I know it's corny, it's kind of dumb, but I was just so excited in that moment because I realized that for so long, I believed the lies that I couldn't fast. Um, I did it with wrong motives. Um, I, was, I couldn't do it. Like, if it was a food fast, I might as well not even bother trying. Because every time I did try, the lies would start coming in, the torment, the, the food fast became a food fight, then an all-out food war, and then I always lost. And so anytime I would hear messages about fasting, I, wrote, I read books about fasting, I did word studies on biblical fasting, 
but it just always went to failure and discouragement and why bother. But then Zeke starts talking about we crucify the flesh when we fast. And then Vic comes up here talking about who's the boss. And I realized I am. <laughs> so this is a discipline that I can practice and I don't have to be perfect at it, but I can start practicing and I can do it. I can, I must, and I will. And so when that started changing the way that I talked and the way I thought about it, that mental map, then I was able to engage in a different way. And y'all, fasting is still uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. It's not fun. But my perspective has changed. And my, I had a really sweet time with the Lord several times over the past couple of weeks just by making that choice and, and honoring the commitment I made. And it has made such a huge difference that even when my stomach is talking louder than anybody else in the room, <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm like, no, you're not the boss of me. Jesus is, and I am endeavoring to walk this out with him. And that's my story. And I would love for you to check out Emmy's story. ago um, during the series when Zeke spoke um, he started talking about confession um, and that's not a fun word when it comes um, when it's spoken because that's not an easy thing to do um, so I just kind of wrote what he put on the screen and kind of tucked it away because I didn't want to do it um, but then a few weeks later, we had a meeting about R3, which is a refuge retreat um, that was last weekend. And um, we were separated uh, guys and girls, and we were trying to discuss what we were gonna, the topics we were gonna um, try to talk with the girls. Um, and I knew I needed to be vulnerable, but I didn't want to be. Um, because I haven't been with most people, very few people. And so um, something conveniently came up and I left while I was getting up to leave. Um, and I turned back to say um, one last thing and my mouth opened and things were coming out before I could stop them. Um, so it was nervous sweats and my heart was beating super, super fast. Um, but afterwards, after the things that came out that he's asking me to be vulnerable with, um, just inside there was something different. There was a different feeling. Um, obviously Satan was trying to do damage control and so he was trying to fill my brain with all the things, um, all the lies, all the criticizing thoughts that came to mind. Um, but despite of that, um, there was something different that I really can't explain. Um, but he wasn't done there because he wanted me to also be vulnerable um, with the youth girls at R3. Um, and so I just had another time, another chance to 
do I obey and be vulnerable and another piece of healing happen or do I not? Um, and the lie that is so hard not to believe um, is people will judge you if you share that piece of information. Um, they'll see you differently. You won't come back from this. Um, but the truth is not only will I experience that healing, but other people will learn, but also Jesus will heal them through my story, me sharing. Um, and also if Jesus tells me to do something, he's not gonna let me fall. Um, and he's always gonna have my back. Let's engage our story in, in, in fighting the flesh. Take out the second card that you have. And on the side that says engaging the flesh, practices three and four, we're getting ready to do a little confession. Okay? Now, I want to remind you what the Scripture says. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if you confess and turn from your sins, you will receive mercy. That's what the Scripture says in Proverbs 28. We know what the Scripture also says in 1 John. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and fair or just to forgive us of our sins. A way that we fight back against our sinful nature is that we confess our sins to God and to others in our loving community. And so on that card, you'll notice on the right-hand side of the card, there are two big areas. One is confession to share. One is confession to destroy. And here's how we're going to do this exercise. We're going to also give two minutes of silent prayer. And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us individually. And just let Him work in your life. Perhaps there's a sin or sins in your life that are unconfessed. Areas in your, in your life where you know what to do, the word is you know what God wants you to do, but you're doing the opposite. I would like for you to write that down in this area. Maybe just a phrase that makes it, you don't have to write a book, just write a phrase that helps you remember what it is that you want to confess. And you write it over here in this right-hand side, confession to destroy. Then, I'm going to ask you to write the exact same thing down in the other column, Confession to Share. We have four stations set up here in the room. When we get ready and we finish praying, we're going to make this confession to the Lord. We're going to tear up that little, we're going to rip off this side that says Confession to Destroy and bring it to one of these places and just destroy it. Let it burn. Then we're going to leave this place planning to share this confession, this is where the work comes, right, with someone else. Some of you, there's some sins that you need to confess to your spouse. Some of you, there's some sins that you need to confess within your circle, people that love you and want to see you move forward in your relationship with God. I realize how challenging this will be, but I'll encourage you to get engaged in the war against your flesh by working through some confession. All right? 
Again, Holy Spirit, we ask for you to come. We calm our hearts and we listen to you. See if there's any place in me, Lord, any corner of the closet that I I haven't cleaned for you. Any area in my thinking or in my life where I'm sinning against what I know to do that would please you. In this brief time, Lord, I pray that you highlight it to me. Make it abundantly clear, Lord, what in my life needs to be confessed. And give me the courage to step through this exercise so that I can engage my sinful nature and fight back against the war for my soul. Have your way as we listen to you. Have your way. Amen. Just let the Holy Spirit guide your thoughts in these next two minutes. If he's pointed out something that you need to confess, write it down in both columns. I invite you to write something to be confessed on both columns. If you're written it down to destroy and to confess to God, write it down to confess with others later. So if you've, if you've done that, you feel like the Holy Spirit has led you to some things, and I want you to do this step with me. Right there where you sit, just go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I have wronged you in this area. I have rebelled against what I know to do is right in this area, and I confess that I was wrong. I confess that this steps that I have done have been against you, and I ask you to forgive me. You can do that prayer right there where you sit. Just begin to make that confession to the Lord. It's not to, it's not to me or, or to another person at this point. It's just before Jesus. Say, Jesus, I have sinned, I have wronged, and here's what it is. Just tell it with him. Maybe just say that prayer in your mind or you whisper that to the Lord. Just do that right now. Lord, I confess I've been wrong. I need your mercy to forgive me. I trust, Jesus, what you said, that when, we, when I confess, you will forgive me, Lord. I will receive your mercy. You're continuing just maybe to confess that sin. Lord, I confess I was wrong. I turned my back on that. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to receive your mercy. If you've prayed that prayer, then take the side of your card that is meant to destroy and tear it off. I'm going to encourage you to do this. Just tear it into a bunch of little pieces. And if you've prayed a prayer to ask God to to forgive you, if you've made confession, you've torn that little page up, and I want to invite you prayerfully and in a way like to receive the mercy of God. Just take, take your little piece of paper that you've torn up and bring it to one of these little pans that we have, two up in the front and two in the back, and just toss it in there. Let it burn. And as you do that, you just think, Lord, thank you. You've forgiven me. You've given me your mercy. You can come right now if you've done that. You want to confess? Just rip that up. I've got two in the back and two up here in the front. Lord, I confess. And I believe that your mercy works. Believe that your mercy works, Lord.
We thank you, Jesus, for much grace in this room right now. We thank you, Lord, for much relief of guilt right now in this room. Some have been carrying a burden of guilt and shame, Lord, because of not confessing. And that's, that's, that's right guilt. That's guilt that comes from you, Lord. It's meant to help us confess, to bring us to you. So, Lord, right now we just release all that. And we say, forgive us of our sins, Jesus. Forgive us of our sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else need to come and drop them off? I want to thank you for participating. If you've done that, I want you to look at that card now that you have in your hand. Thank you, Jesus, that he forgives our sins. And we're made right with God. The scripture, as we've studied in this series, says that we confess our sins one to another so that we can be healed. When we confess to brothers in our group, to sisters in our group, to our, to our spouse, something amazing happens. Our flesh is held down. Our, the luxury of this being a secret is no longer available to me. And it, war, it fights back against me doing these things again and again. So I want you to take this card as we leave and think, where am I going to share this? With whom am I going to share this? Not to receive their pardon or to receive their uh, approval, but just as a way of denying yourself, sharing confession with another, let yourself be held accountable. That's fighting the flesh. Zeke has a story to share uh, with us as we move into our third area of engaging. In a, uh, a dank, cold room that the heater uh, wasn't on in despite the freezing rain going on outside, there was 12 young men gathered in and piled on a couch all together, uh, a couple couches. Their ages ranged from 12 all the way up to 35. And um, one of the older men, 25 I think, told a story. He discovered porn at his grandparents' house at the age of nine. And it became more and more of a problem through that time that he was growing up and maturing. And regret filled his tone. And hope for his younger brothers came through as well. And one by one, all of those men, every one of them, 12-year-old, 17-year-old, 15-year-old, 30-year-old, every one of them said, me too. Then they prayed. A prayer of unity, a prayer of brotherhood, a prayer of defense, a prayer of hope. It was beautiful. It was moving, and it was heels dug in the ground, resistance against the world that the Satan has set up 
against the souls of men all over the world. I want you to listen to my friend Chris's story this morning. The lie that I believed for far too long was that I was a failure, that I couldn't do anything right. And life's a struggle. Life is hard. And for a long time, I believed that life was just a, a problem to be solved. And I would get so frustrated with, why can't I solve this? And I would pray to God, why, why can't you just fix me? Why can't you just, why can't I figure this out? And, and I kept finding so many solutions and working through so many solutions that would just fail. And it was because I was making it about me. And I was making it about the lie that I was losing my identity with Christ. And so therefore, uh, when I would disappoint or I would go through mistakes, I believe I would just fail. And I was a failure. And, and I wasn't who God was meant me to be because I couldn't do anything right. And it played out in my life uh, to really have a ripple effect in my marriage and my family and my walk with Christ. This year has been really tough. And earlier this year, I... I was broken. I came to the end of my rope, literally and figuratively, and, and I was broken into the point where I felt like there was nothing left. Um, and that was a lie, too, because in the depths of my brokenness, I found the true, true love of Christ and the, the limitless love of Christ. And He embraced me, and through the community of, of this church, um, I was able to reconnect with my identity of who I was in Christ, that I was created to be in full union. We were created to be in full union with, with Christ. And in those depths, I realized the, full, the fullness of Christ, and I was able to embrace that. And this series has been so impactful on me, particularly when it talks about mental maps, because there was a battle in my neurological pathway to create connections, and, I, and these lies were so deeply rooted that even when I would pray them out or I would, um, that I would... Uh, resist them or I would uh, rebuke them because there was those, those connections, those small connections that remained, I would always default back to those pathways and I would travel that same highway. And this, this series has helped me to realize that a beautiful resistance is possible, that I was able, that I can take a jackhammer to those highways that hell brings and, and I can break those up and, and walk in the freedom of Christ and walk in the freedom that I was created to live in because as a man, society has, at least when I grew up, uh, it was always cool to be a lone wolf, to be someone who can take care of things on your own and to handle problems on your own. And that was, that was what the enemy would tell us as a lie would be a strength, that if you can handle this, if you can take care of this, if you can figure this out, but for me, it was just a, it was an unhealthy cycle that I would please. I'm a people pleaser. I love pleasing people. And when I'm pleasing people, everything's great. But when I would let people down or I would get into situations through, for years, it was substance abuse, uh, por uh, connections to pornography, connections to, uh, but it was all really wrapped up into me feeling like I was a failure. My expectations were wrong because I was finding my affirmation in others and not in Christ, in my identity in Christ. And so to be a lone wolf 
as the society would tell us, all it means is we're by ourselves and we can be picked off easier by the enemy because the enemy is cunning. He's deceitful to help us believe those lies. But in, in, in those lies, I would get isolated and I would pull away from connections. But this series helped me realize that a beautiful resistance, which is a beautiful band name, by the way, it's an awesome band name, um, a beautiful resistance is possible, that I'm part of a family of freedom fighters that can fight for the true freedom that we were created to walk in. And, and through that, I was able to connect with counseling. I was able to connect with circles. And, and it's been a game changer for me to realize that the burden of this life is not for my alone to bear and that I'm not a failure to uh, have to carry this on my own, that I can, I have a family to walk through this with me. And my encouragement is for others to, to connect, to share, to be open and vulnerable with a circle that you can trust. And through that, you can realize, because the battle gets so much easier when we realize who we are, our identity in Christ, who we're fighting for, and who we're fighting against. And for me, it was just so important that, to realize that uh, I'm not alone in this battle. I'm not alone in this walk and this journey. Because this time last year, I would not have been able to receive this message, this series, like I did this year. But because of what God was already taking me through, because I had become, I'd come to the end of myself, I've been able to receive what God had truly meant for me to, to realize. Awesome couple of stories about how being involved in community, here at the crossing we call them circles, how being involved in community uh, really fights back against the encroaching influence of the world in our lives. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to knock down some of the objections that we have against being involved in community. So if you will, take out your card. It's on the back side of the card that we just used for confession. And it has two triangles on there. I want you to look at that with me, if you would. If we can. It says, we engage the world by living in Christ-following communities. And for us, we call that circles. Places where you can engage, where you can be known and be seen, and you can take your next steps with God. So here's how we're going to do this final practice this morning. Before we even pray, I would like for you to write down in the first triangle the reasons why you don't participate in community. <laughs> yeah, that's a little rude, isn't it? Because <laughs> we all got them, right? We all got our reasons why. Eh, I don't know about that. Just jot a few of them down. I don't, I don't go to a circle because, write it down in the triangle. Or, I don't go as often as I know I should because I, whatever, okay? Just write it down. I encourage you to. Perhaps it's, um, you know, I'm too busy. Perhaps it's, uh, you know, they don't really do anything important there. They're not, really, they're not really digging into the Bible enough or 
Maybe, boy, they're all they talk about is the Bible, and I just need some help. You know, whatever your reason is, just shut it down. It's yours. It's not, there's no wrong answer for this first triangle, okay? These are just the reasons why we don't participate in circles. What are those reasons? Okay, just jot them down there. Give you another second or two to do that. And then we're going to take a moment of honest prayer. And here's how I want you to pray. It's going to be the bridge between these two triangles. Say, Lord, this is how I feel about circles. This is why I don't. What do you you want to say to that, Lord? That's all. No no heavy sermon, no, no pressure today, but just lay out your objections before God and then just honestly tell Him, this is the way I feel, Lord. What do you think? And just let the Lord speak to you. We're going to give again a couple of minutes for prayer. These are my objections why I don't participate in the community. Whatever those are. And then just lay them out before the Lord in honest prayer and say, Lord, here's here's why I don't. And then we'll just try to listen to what God is saying. And if, if through this time of prayer, through this final time of silence and prayer, if the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, then write it down here in this other triangle that says, this is what I am going to do now. This will be my next step. Let me just give you an example. If, uh, if your objection is, the one time I went to a circle, it was the worst experience I've ever had. And I got, I got circle trauma, okay? <laughs> it's a real thing. If, if, if that's your objection and you pray about it and the Holy Spirit is just encouraging you through the words and through everything that's saying, and he's saying, give it one more try, then you would just jot that down. My next step is, I'll give it another go. Or I'll try another circle. Or I'll give it another go. If, if your objection over here was, none of the circles look interesting to me, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in this moment, He might say to you, start one with your friends. That might be your next step. Okay? So, we'll spend two minutes in prayer. All I'm asking you to do is just lay out your objections before the Lord. This is why I don't. These are my excuses. God, talk to me about them. Okay? Would you do that? Would you have the courage to address it for a moment? Let's spend just two minutes in prayer. Shouldn't be surprised, but it always amazes me when we give the Holy Spirit time to speak. He does. (laughs) And when we go to Him to seek Him for direction, He provides it. I wonder around the room right now if you could honestly say, uh, I, laid out, I laid out some objections, and I feel God's guidance. It's probably not everybody, but if, if that's you, and you feel like you gained some guidance as to what your next steps would be, then just throw up your hand just for a second. So you, you saw some guidance for you, okay? Good, yeah, God's speaking. God's speaking. I just would like for you to kind of close out this final prayer exercise, this final practice of engaging the world by joining me in prayer. All across the room, would you just bow your heads with me? And say, Lord, you're giving me direction. 
I ask for you to speak to me. And I want to obey what you've said. Not hesitating, Lord, but I just want to obey the direction that you're leading me to. And so, God, I just pray for everybody in the room who has participated in this final exercise, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you would take our honest objections and just work within that, Lord, to, to bring us into uh, the kind of community, Lord, that we need to be involved in. To bring us into the kind of circle, Lord, that would just fit perfectly for us and for where we are in our walk with God. So, Jesus, I pray that for those of us that you've revealed next steps to, that you would give us the strength and the courage to carry those out. For those of us, Lord, that don't have any answers yet, this brief two-minute two prayer wasn't enough. <laughs> and we're still seeking answers, Lord. We still have objections. I pray, God, that you would move in our lives moving forward. And over these next few weeks, and even through the holidays, Lord, speak to us about our objections, I pray. We ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Can you say amen? Amen. If you would, take your cards that you have. Stuff them back into your envelope. <laughs> Tuck that envelope away in your Bible or in your bag. And just keep it with you. I encourage you in the next days to look at that card that just says, this is the strategy of the enemy, and this is how we engage against him. If you'll do that, you'll be engaging in the struggle. And we want to encourage you, Crossing Family. Don't sit idly by. Don't let the enemy and your flesh and the world roll you. <laughs> Stand up. Engage in the fight. And let's see the enemy flee before us. Let's see the enemy of our souls be crushed as you and I engage in this fight. You can stand up. We thank you so much for being here with us in this really experiential kind of service. Share some love with each other as you leave this morning. And God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving.